0: Everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt. And we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love how incredibly straightforward this episode is uh, in the fact that it takes an entire act to get to the main plot and then Homer's a jerk and gets rewarded for it. Those are things we love about The Simpsons right now, right?
0: Hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash Show for only $2 a month. You can listen to dozens and dozens of, maybe hundreds at this point, of bonus podcasts from me and Matt. Um, Absolutely hundreds, actually, considering episode reviews and bonus podcasts we've done month to month for years now. Uh, We have some people to thank, Matthew. What are you doing Watering away from the microphone? What's what, what is this? The
1: podcast wanted
0: out. You going field going on field trips?
1: Okay, I, I do. I'm going on field trips all of three feet away.
0: Uh, Garrison, Garrison Sims. Thank you, Garrison. Thank you, Garrison. Uh, I will do my best to pronounce this properly. Kahal Sweeney, Cajal Sweeney. Thank you, however, you pronounce your name. Thank you. And finally, just Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Like uh, the John Travolta movie exactly where he's may or may not be an angel no i he's an angel Matt. i don't think that's a by the end of that Maybe movie he's to, robbie robbie how many eyes does he have all right man okay we cannot there we, we cannot make a movie where the person literally looks like a literal biblical angel because it would it's that's a hard film that is not a, a light-hearted romantic comedy like michael is with john travolta Uh, which my mother loved that film so much. We we had a VHS tape of Michael. Uh, This week's episode is Crook and the Ladder, episode JABF13. Originally aired May 6th, 2007. Written by Bill Odenkirk, directed by Lance Kramer. Received a rating of 4.5 with 7.8 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, I will not look up what teacher makes.
1: Because then you're just
0: going to make fun of her. I was going to yeah. Don't do that. One don't make fun of people, but you should absolutely share share your salary with with everyone. You, you let you know, don't let people bully you into not sharing your salaries. Um, Tell you make more money. The couch gag. The TV moves aside. Simpsons are put through a car wash. Uh, they're it's a they go through an automated car wash. Um, Maggie gets her for our back at the end as three men come in and wipe them down. It is perfectly fine. I will it's say
1: very apropos for this episode,
0: yes, the Simpsons need to be cleaned, deep cleaned, please, um my first question for you, Matt, before we even get into this episode is, oh dear, how many laughs did this episode give you? Wait, I was supposed to laugh at some point in this, precisely, I also had zero laughs in this episode, zero laughter uh nope, none whatsoever, none whatsoever. Last week, I had a couple laughs, none in this one. this episode begins. With Marge uh, receiving a uh, a mothering magazine, and in it is some advice about Maggie and her pacifier. Oh, the new issue of smothering mother magazine
1: hmm. Are bees building hives in your diaper genie? The deadly truth about oxygen Oh, <gasps> is your baby a suckahallic? Experts see new links between pacifier overuse and <gasps> low achievement. Mm. Maggie, honey, this is for your own good. Growing up means giving up everything that makes you happy. It's true. I've given up everything but raisins. And the doctor says they're killing me. Sweet, plump coffin nails is what they are oh boy okay real quick i just want to point out i almost laughed at this point when march said oh becoming growing up means giving up everything that makes you happy if they had left that right there and just like non-reacted to that i would have laughed but no before i could get a chuckle out they had to bring in grandpa's stupid raisin crap
0: I didn't. I. I. I don't feel anything anymore, Matt. So I may be broken. I may have. It might have destroyed me. The, the Simpsons, Simpsons has numbed you. It might have. You become neutral. I. I. I think I have. It's. It is like the neutrals in the Futurama episode. It's like I just. There's just nothing there. Um, Maggie's sad. Uh, about that she's lost her pacifier, which I get it, and. Uh, her sadness quickly turns to rage as she is now uh, apparently a feral baby. <laughs> she's just destroying everything in the house. She's more than feral. She's a, a, a hellion. Yeah, she's destroying basically anything that crosses her path. She's using toys, weapons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You might ask, Robbie, does this ever, does this factor into the episode as a whole? Like, by the end of this episode, does this matter? No. No, no one cares about Maggie's pacifier at all. By the end of this episode, especially after the first act,
1: and after halfway through the first act,
0: yes, but this is all nonsense. None of this matters uh, because it is the inside This is the inciting incident to the inciting incident to the inciting incident. There are three inciting incidents uh, in this episode where, so Maggie's upset. She doesn't have a pacifier, destroying things. Homer has to go back, go to the store, bring. Uh, every single pacifier he can find. None of them are Maggie's exact pacifier. Uh, we watched Marge throw it into the garbage, and that garbage quickly get tossed into a garbage truck. So her her one lone pacifier is gone. All her backups are gone. She's sad. She's upset. She's still destroying things. They they think everyone. She's crying nonstop. The family's upset. They finally get her something that serves its purpose, and that is a. Red dog bone that squeaks squeaky toy that Maggie is now using it as sure. Why not? But it's squeaking, which I guess doesn't bother anyone else in the family does bother Homer. Homer can't sleep. You would say, hey, Robbie, does Homer not be able to sleep? Does that matter by the end of the episode? Nope. Does that matter to three minutes from now? Nope. Nope. (laughs) But three minutes from now, it's already gone because Homer Uh can't sleep. He's goes downstairs and just happened to be on television is a commercial for a sleep a sleep aid, a sleeping pill called Napian. Are you counting sheep all night long? Mm Mm-hmm. He needs help.
1: Help from a drug. That help is here. Meet Nappian. <laughs> Nappian activates your brain's napping centers and attacks your body's awakogens. And unlike Sleepia, it won't cause foot fattening or elbow stink. Ooh. Elbow stink is a real problem with most sleep aids.
0: Uh, okay, Matt. So Matt. Uh, so Matt. Uh, Homer has a sleeping pill now. He tries napian to sleep. Mm-hmm. Takes one. An obvious Ambien knockoff. Obviously, yeah, an ambient knockoff. Uh, sleeping pills are a big problem with some p- certain people. Uh, very addictive. Uh, if you're worried, if that about this taken over the episode, don't worry. It, it doesn't. Again, this does not continue after three minutes from now. Um, Homer. Because now, now this transforms into Homer sleepwalking and doing wacky things. Because that's what
1: happens when you have ambient. i sorry, nappy. It is you get up and you do crazy things while you sleep.
0: Like emptying out the fridge, strapping toy cars to the dog's feet because can't go even a couple episodes without some dog torture. Oh, boy. Um... This is the first time I write in the notes. What is this? What is this, Matt? Why are we watching this? This, What is going on? This
1: is, oh, our main plot did not have enough juice in it to get us all the way through the episode. And they could have put in a B plot. But they decided, no, let's just front load all the stupid uh, unrelated
0: crap and we'll make the episode about one thing. I, I, I think that's rather bold of you, Matt thinking that they wrote oh, really? they wrote the plot of this episode before they wrote the intro to it.
1: So you think they just start out writing, alright, 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 how about they take away Maggie's pacifier, and what will happen? Uh, well, Maggie is, is crying a lot, and that keeps uh, somebody up. Let's say Homer. Homer is up, because, you know, when Homer's not on screen, et etc. et cetera. Uh, So let's see, Homer's, Homer's up all the time, and what happens when Homer's up all the time? Well, I don't know how they got to the firefighters from there, so I'm assuming they wrote the whole plot first, but you never know.
0: I uh, I am I the way from the way this episode goes man it feels completely just like they literally just went from point to point and just it, when is they it just they went until they had enough like how okay is this enough to, is this enough to fill 20 minutes oh it is then we're done we don't have to go back anymore do we Nah, it's fine nope what the episode doesn't start until 10 minutes in Eh, who cares uh, this is this, this that's what this episode is. This episode is and eh, who cares? That's what the, that's all this is. Um. So at this point, this is when we get Homer repeating the words mood swings for 30 seconds. I didn't pull this clip, Matt, for the it's you're welcome. OK, thank
1: you. Thank you. I was worried you were going I to.
0: Re- I thought about it really hard, but
1: I hate it so much. There are there are so many montages and repeating phrases in this episode that i swear they were trying to fill time I mean, it, mood swings there's the montage of stuff homer does as a a, a sleepwalking zombie and later on there's something
0: else that he says oh uh when homer the kids are waiting for a fire to show up oh when the kids are upset with him that that's another one it's just all oh, right, right, right there's so many it's just again do we have enough is it 20 minutes yet no oh it isn't let's write one more montage in here Um. Homer has mood swings, Homer's sleepwalking. We see him wake up in the rock and roll, rock and roll wax museum in bed with wax John Lennon. Mm-hmm. And the security guards are upset because he's rearranged the Kiss dolls and melted Elvis. And then Ned and Rod and Todd are there. Why are, th- what is happening? What is going, what is this bit why is Flanders and the kids at the Rock and Roll Wax Museum in the morning?
1: I mean, we recently found out that Flanders was a huge Beatles fan, uh, so I can see why this would upset him. Uh, but other than that, I have no idea.
0: I It doesn't. Well, again, none of this matters. None of this matters. Homer is uh, finally, I'm tired of sleepwalking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of going and causing mischief and chaos and mayhem while I'm asleep. But also, I don't want to stop uh, taking these pills, I guess. So um, Homer tells Bart and Lisa to lock the door, lock his bedroom door from the outside, which why would the adults, the master bed have a lock from the outside? I don't.
1: Maybe maybe they put one on, Robbie. I, let's not
0: get hung up on I, this tiny little stupid detail. There's so many uh, other stupid I, things. You're right, Matt. You're right. It's just it's just when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh no, this is a this oh, a slight breeze knocks this plot into oblivion. There's nothing. But again, this doesn't matter. None of this matters. Uh, because yep. Bark quickly realizes, oh, Homer is in a sleepwalking is highly suggestible. I can take advantage of him. So now he. This is oh, so we've gone from Maggie, Nina, Pacifier, Homer, needing sleeping pills, Homer, sleepwalking, and now Bart using Homer as a slave while he sleepwalks. So here's a montage. I hope you like montages, Matt. As you've already said, this is the first oh. of a thousand montages in this episode because we see a montage of Homer, like in a bum fights scenario, being provoked by Bart. Well, okay, it's not a bum fights thing.
1: Because he's fighting uh, one of the entourage from, uh, oh God, who is the rapper that Bart got involved with when he was supposed to be home? Chalmers was his middle educator. Um, oh God. Alcatraz, sorry. Alcatraz is an uh, entourage guy because he's wearing the Thursday the 20th uh,
0: necklace. Matt, I'm going to give you, here, this. I should have made this all trivia questions for paying attention to this. Cause I was just like, I can't, I can't, if I, was, if I look, I was, I was like, I, my mind, I think was wiping the information literally as it crossed the screen. Cause otherwise That's I would, I, my head would, my brain would eat itself. Uh, Homer is used as a sled <laughs> by Milhouse mm-hmm. and Bart. Um, I, this is, I think one thing we need to hone in on. Matt, I I know we're not... I don't want to get too hung up on details. But in this montage, Bart and Milhouse dress Homer up like a lady. They put a dress on Mm -hmm. him and makeup and a purse. And they push him into Moe's. And then a beat goes by. And then we see see Moe come out the door, put the sign on the door to closed... And then close the door and go back inside. Without, and Homer's still in there with him. Mm-hmm. Now, Robbie, I see in our
1: notes where you have made the supposition that Homer or that Moe is having sex with Homer. But I would posit that, oh, Mo has realized what is going on. He has tucked Homer into a booth to finish sleeping it off and closed the bar so he is not disturbed. That's what's actually going on here.
0: Matt. Robbie. Please, please let me believe it. <laughs> that's not. That's not what happened. The, the, <laughs> the joke here is, Mo thinks Homer's a lady, so he's gonna sleep with him or try to. Like that. That right. is what we're doing. This is where we're at. I'm just like, oh god, guys, this is what we're doing. And here, you might again, gentle listener, ask me. You'd go, Robbie. This does this matter in the grand scope of the plot? Nope, not at all. In nope. fact, Mo and Homer like team up later. Maybe they become closer. Robbie, with- I-
1: I think we need to add this to our our you know uh, trope uh, Simpsons trope. What we have obviously when Homer's not on a screen, people should be asking where's Homer. And two, does this matter to the plot? Nope. No, Those it does not. Does this consistently matter consistently about
0: episodes? Does this matter to the plot? No. So Homer finally, th- and this is, I it feels like I don't know. It's not even. T- it's about ten minutes into the episode. We're here. Where we're at right now. It feels like it's been an hour. It feels like I've lived my entire natural life watching this episode because it just goes on and on and on. And I'm waiting. I'm like, this episode, I know this episode. I read the little brief synopsis last week. I go, this is an episode about firemen. Where's the firemen? Where's the volunteer firefighting? It finally. Well, Robbie, the
1: secret is in the chili. Once
0: the chili is introduced, then obviously the firefighters have to follow. I, Matt. Homer wakes up suddenly in the car. Finally, he's been um, apparently had sex with Mo. He's been used as a sled. Uh His but this is the thing: when he wakes up in the car driving, panics, crashes his car into. The Wait, f- Robbie, Robbie, how how did you say he what woke him up? I I'm pretty like doesn't like Bart accidentally snap his fingers or something like I don't even remember. No, no, no. I I will clarify for you. Bart uses Homer's
1: head to crack open a walnut, and that's what wakes him up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, Matt. I forgot it. I think, again, that was one yeah. of those facts my mind omitted to save itself. So it. I can't now. So, yeah, Homer, but it's not the first walnut because Milhouse says the words, I'm so full of walnut meat. I think he says nut meat. Just Oh, make me that's better. You know, that's funnier because it makes you think of sex makes you think of sex stuff uh-huh. isn't that really yep. hilarious this this 10 year old boy so uh, homer crashes crashes the car into the fire department uh a lot of chaos there you, you matt mentioned chili that's what does the firefighters in don't you don't
1: forget uh because homer crashes into the firehouse knocks the chili off the stove big pot of chili which goes all over the floor uh and he is flung out of the vehicle, uh, completely unharmed throughout all of this, of course, uh, and it uh, catches his nostril on the bell striker uh, for the alarm bell, which causes the bell to go off, which causes the firemen to jump out of bed, get dressed, slide down the pole, uh, fall into the chili, uh, because it's on the floor, so they're, they're in the chili, they fall into it, get all over them, and then the fire dogs, the Dalmatians, attack them, and this puts all of them out of
0: commission. Homer's fine, though. We go to commercial... At 10 minutes and 14 seconds. 10 minutes and 14 seconds. 10 minutes. And we're finally there, Robbie. That's half the episode. Half the episode is just nonsense.
1: (laughs) We're finally at the plot uh, divided into two acts. So sweet, sweet commercials, of course. So it starts out uh, with Kent Brockman doing a news report on the city losing its fire department, uh, and a horrible man uh, deservedly burning to death because he says the real problem is gay marriage, so uh, I hope no one saved him. So Springfield is now without a fire department. So they decide, hey, we're going to go with a volunteer fire department. Uh, And in the process, we see uh, four of beloved Springfield residents chip in. I feel kind of responsible. Maybe I should volunteer to be a fireman. Volunteer fireman? Count me in. Just call me Fireman Skinner. You know, I think I'll volunteer, too. Why did you say,
0: too? Well, I assume I'm not the first one.
1: It is with great pride that I turn over the safety of this city to the first four people who showed up. Mm Mm-hmm. Your sense of civic duty and this pamphlet that came with the fire extinguisher are all the training you need or shall receive. Yeah, we're here to join the volunteer fire department. You're too late. Beat it, lousy civilians! I wish I could burn them all. Easy there, Fire Chief Mo. So yes, uh, it is now
0: Mo, Homer, Apu, and Skinner. Hey Matt, how they picked those four? Who knows? Matt, I'm gonna hear this. I'm not gonna belabor this point because I could forever. Uh, it's always it's been a problem for a season, several seasons now, but. Special, since Al Jean took it over and tried to take this episode... T- tried to take the Simpsons in a somewhat less crazy direction than Scully did. But you gotta give the characters reasons to do things. They should have I a, mean, if you did that, Robbie, you couldn't
1: have ten minutes of uh, pacifiers and nap pills. Uh,
0: because, you know...
1: It is... Then you're, obviously, you'd have to think up those reasons, which is hard.
0: Man, I literally hear it. I... Literally, this this just formed in my mind. Literally, I did not pre, I didn't think about this. Uh-huh. I thought about this just this exact second. And this thought came into my mind. I didn't think hard about it. I've been working on my own book all day up until this moment. We recorded this. You have a fire and it, you have a group of guys that uh, are all affected by one fire. It destroys each of this fire destroys something that they care about. Each like Skinner could have a thing destroyed by the fire. smoke could have a thing destroyed by the fire. poo. Homer, all of them have a thing destroyed by one fire. Uh, they, for whatever reason, the firemen are incapacitated. I'd make it a better reason than dogs bit them because they're covered in chili. But oh, whatever. That I don't really care. I don't care. Like, as long as it doesn't take 10 minutes to get to it, I don't care. What incapacitates capacity? Oh, so Robbie, Robbie, I mean, come on. You're going to tell me you're going to have
1: one fire that burns down Moe's and the Quickie Mart and Skinner's apartment and, I don't know, let's say Lard Lad or the nuclear power plant, and that leaves these gentlemen open
0: to being volunteer firefighters? Uh, no, I wouldn't make it, like, just a single place that just happens to contain something they all cherish. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So we're going to say the Bullerama I. It doesn't matter what it is, Matt. I'm just saying, like... The harder work is the figuring out the things, but it also would not still not take that long. Um, In fact, it would make it easier to write the rest of the episode, like I've already said that before. But I'm just saying, none of these people, none of these characters have motivation. It is like, I cannot, I cannot outline this hard enough. This is the basic. This is creative writing 101 is giving your character motivation. It is the lowest level of writing advice. Is Make sure your character wants something. If your characters want something for a reason, it will help you write. It'll make your writing better. They literally take 10 minutes to get to the plot, and then the first thing they do is completely ignore. The lowest level of writing advice. And I am... I don't... I feel like this episode is... It, like, all these things are here to test me. Like, uh... Give characters reasons for things. No, it doesn't happen this episode. There is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's too hard, Robbie.
1: So, getting back to the actual episode, Homer, uh, now that he has been sworn in as a volunteer firefighter, is very excited. Uh, he spends a indeterminate amount of time all over the place uh in his fireman gear in the shower at the beach uh several other places just waiting for that first fire to happen uh of course when it does he doesn't understand what the fire the alarm is but you know, whatever Um uh, so how does, uh, how,
0: long is, fire, how long does this does this take
1: matt how long does it take for it's them at least 30 seconds of a montage of homer doing stupid stuff in his fire gear he's always dressed like a fireman
0: isn't that funny that's
1: hilarious Robert. yes absolutely very hilarious moving on uh, the first fire they put out is at Luigi's, uh, where Luigi is extremely thankful and uh, offers them all they can eat, uh, which is probably a bad thing to offer Homer, but whatever. Uh, and then, okay, great, this is wonderful. It's it's so great that these people are are still thanking us. That they give us this wonderful food. Uh, they then use the Jaws of Life to save Renee Wolfcastle, who has crashed his truck or car or something, uh, so he R- Wolfcastle gives them a whole bunch of his jackets uh, from failed movies. And they say, thank you, uh, this is wonderful, you know, uh, thank you so much for these jackets, it was nothing compared to saving your life, but whatever. Uh, Marge is impressed, everyone is happy at this point. Then things start to go wrong. Uh, they save Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns is on fire. Uh, they have the jump out of his front window, uh, but then we get, once again, an incredibly stupid joke of Mr. Burns is so light that he gets caught on the wind and electrocuted on power lines. And then sees a shirt and tie... And somehow that leads to him being electrocuted again. Yeah. But <sighs> anyway, oh boy. Uh, Mr. Burns is saved. Uh, despite the fact that
0: any of that would have killed him multiple times over. Hey, Matt, uh, so Matt Mr. Can, Burns. Can I, here we go. This is, if you want us to be, cons- like this is, whole episode's technically, it's not really because only ten, like nine minutes of it are about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it, if you're involved like it's Homer getting a job where he has to put his life at danger mm-hmm. in the fires. Uh you probably shouldn't have an extended gag where you show your characters are that are they're basically invincible because Burns get electrocuted on power lines and he's completely fine so it doesn't and homer gets thrown through a windshield. Yeah, it un- it undercuts kind of your your whole thing like if you're going to have a lot of physical danger in an episode, you want to you want to be aware that you're going to have that in there. You want to heighten that tension so you cut back on all the cartoon violence. On an episode that is not precipitated on pres- precipitated on uh cartoon violence like on on physical danger as much, you can dial up your cartoon violence a little bit. You can make it a little bit more silly. But it, when you shouldn't We shouldn't have a scene where Burns floats onto some power lines, like some laundry. You sure should not. No.
1: So uh, the problem uh, occurs that once they get Burns down, uh, he thanks them uh, profusely uh, for saving his life. And that's it. Uh, The volunteer firefighters at this point have decided that they uh, deserve something uh, for their work. uh, Because once again, volunteers not getting paid. uh, They're used to other people giving them nice things. Mr. Burns is a rich guy. What will he give them? Well, it turns out nothing, and that is not good enough for our firemen. But you fool, you're the real heroes. <laughs> Which oh, was nothing, like really. Just doing our job. What do you think he will give us? Fine art, I bet. No, no, no. The complete monster's on DVD. I hope it's spaghetti. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you, and goodbye. What? What? Huh? Ta-da. toodle Go back to your tenements, where your brains live next to the Goldbergs, who rub elbows with the Antonellis. And the only thing you have in common is the squalor of your chamber pot. Oh, how I hate you! Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, what a little nerve. Burns stiffed us. I can't believe he acted completely in character.
0: Lousy Burns so
1: ungrateful, I hate him so much. Hold on a second, fellas. I don't like the looks of that flaming ember. I'd better blow it out. Ha, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. Oh, the fire has spread to this room full of valuables, and it's our duty to follow it. Ah, well, the fire's out, but, uh... I think somebody's valuables are smoke damaged. He's not going to want them. Mo, <laughs> are you suggesting that we should steal? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It ain't stealing if you take it fast. <laughs> so, yes, and this is how Act Two ends. He has gotten to the point where the volunteer firefighters are stealing things uh, because they feel it is owed to them and because they can, quite frankly. But that's how we go to a commercial.
0: You know what would make this make. Uh, Any kind of sense, Matt, is if they like they set it up, uh, like you like. There's no there's no comparison here. Like they're just like, oh, they are volunteer firemen, but they don't join for any specific reason. They don't join out of like just the just generosity or from some altruistic reason. They join for no reason whatsoever, and then given the option of like stealing, they just do it. And there's no moral here. Uh, they all agree just like just steal stuff. So it just makes them all look like b- bad people.
1: Like, does it? Why? And I mean, we see Apu and Skinner kind of questioning it. But uh, yeah, uh, that's what happens when you hang with people like Mo. I know, but isn't Homer like supposed to be a guy we like and like uh, root for I mean, yes, but you know, the, he's not realistic if he's not stealing things. Everyone steals
0: stuff. Robbie. I was going to say, like, remember the episode? There's, uh, it's uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment. You heard? You remember that one? Matt? Early? I don't, se- Robbie. Please enlighten. Me. That's the second season of The Simpsons. Uh, you know, the birth, the, the first year that people firmly call the you know the golden years of the show, the, the run of the best television ever. Uh, but in that episode, Homer does steal. Uh, he steals cable. Uh, and, and you know Lisa gets a little upset about it because she feels like it's you know it's morally and ethically wrong to steal regardless if it's victimless or not. And um, you know Homer does in fact steal cable in that episode, but uh, and you as the audience don't necessarily hate him for it because you understand like oh well maybe you know they give a good they do a really good job of like making it clear about why Homer does it and. Wh- his justification for it and it's not a big thing you know it's 50 bucks and it's who cares if he steals from a big cable company things like that uh but then you see lisa's side of the story and you go like oh right well he does try he is trying to set a uh, set a, a standard for his children and maybe shouldn't steal anything even if it isn't necessarily morally justified or blah 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 like it has nuance and depth uh and it focuses mostly just on that on the the entire episode really it focuses on. Ceiling cable and the effects it has on the family. And I you empathize with both Lisa and Homer in that episode. You go, oh, yeah, Homer. Oh, yeah, Lisa. Okay, I get it. And then they work toward a solution to their problems. And Homer stays empathetic the entire time. Yeah, but that requires a lot more thought. I guess okay. that's true. That Lots does require you thinking about things for six seconds. We come back commercial at 15 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, 15 minutes and 34 seconds, man. So we have to wrap this episode up in less than five minutes we have less than five minutes to wrap this up
1: well if you throw out all sense of obligation and logic that you could absolutely do that
0: you're you're true you're totally correct matt because that's what happens firemen the firemen now are putting out a fire at costington's and they uh just steal a bunch of stuff from costington's uh and in just loading it to the back of a truck and skinner has second thoughts
1: Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you You've saved my store Well, most of it Uh, What do you mean? Well, your building will be fine But uh, unfortunately, a lot of your merchandise was completely vaporized High-end stereo equipment, size 10 men's shoes And some stuff I wanted Oh my, I didn't think the damage was that bad But you must be telling the truth You're a fireman, after all (laughs) Yeah, we're awesome This'll make a great toilet seat Uh, hmm Uh, gentlemen, I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if we've crossed a line here.
0: Just what are you getting at? Yeah, whole
1: pass. You better not be thinking of ratting us out.
0: It would be a shame if the next fire you fought was in hell.
1: Okay, okay. I'll just look the other way.
0: Mm. You
1: guys sure aren't making this easy.
0: Wah, wah. Um... They're just straight up villains now, Matt. Well, yeah, you have to show them fall so they can rise again, right? I mean, now this is 17 minutes in the episode. No, no, you don't have time anymore. You really don't have time for it. Um, so they uh, we we get a scene with Skinner trying to talk Homer man to man in a in the in a fire truck, just just the two of them, without Mo being there. And you, this could be a really good opportunity because. Maybe Homer, away from the corrupting influence of Mo, you could talk some sense into him. Skinner could lull him into pull him onto his side, and then you could have a little dichotomy of like, oh well, Apu has already shown some reticence. You could have all three of them versus Mo, and get somewhere with a story, do something. But now Homer just turns on the sirens in a really obnoxious scene because you know what I like listening to for thirty seconds: sirens.
1: Well yeah, it's it's so fun because in the background you can see Skinner's mouth moving but not hear him. So that's funny.
0: But you get like occasional words like principle and honesty. Like you just get a word here and there isn't it? I, I like it seems like this where I go, "Do they hate us?" Cuz this is like I'm very sensitive to loud noises and loud like sounds like that, but I don't think this is pleasant to anyone. No one likes hearing sirens for 30 seconds straight for no reason. Uh, generally there you sirens are that they sound that way so that people will pick up on them and notice them uh because they're strange. And, okay. Um family goes. The family's doing stuff, Matt. Remember the family? They're they're around? That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, the rest of the family is in this episode. Uh now again, I don't think we saw them really up until this point, but since before, uh, since Homer was a zombie slave to Bart. Remember that? Remember that? Be the bygone mm, days of 12, vaguely, 12 minutes vaguely. ago. So the kids, to. They, they see Homer driving by in his fire truck, they want to go watch. Why do they want to do that? I don't know. But they asked to do that. And Marge says, sure, let's go watch Homer put out a fire. But instead, what happens is they catch Homer stealing.
1: Hey, guys, check out the radical-free air generated by my stolen ionic breeze. Oh, bogus gizmo, grant me eternal life.
0: Mom, is Dad stealing from people he's supposed to help?
1: King of thieves, we worship you.
0: (laughs) (gasps) He is stealing. <laughs> Look
1: at me guys I'm stealing five segues at once And speaking of segues I'm off to my next morally questionable activity <laughs> You're nothing but a diabolical master thief, the kind that haunts the slopes of San Moritz or the casinos of Monte Carlo. We're not thieves, we're scavengers, like the beautiful vulture or the heroic tapeworm or America's sweetheart, the maggot. You should have seen the faces of your children when they caught you stealing. Kids,
0: get in here and show your father the faces. Yeah. Oh, 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 make them stop. You make them stop by doing the right thing. <sighs> um, this is 18. I looked. This is Matt as I went, oh, well, where are we? 18 minutes in this episode, we get this. This is like mm-hmm. the denouement you get, like, end of act two, middle of act two. If you're really audacious. Because then Homer has to, have to spend time
1: to, you know, fix this.
0: Yeah, Homer has to do the right thing, has to... F- figure out a solution is problem uh but this is with like two and a half three minutes to go in this episode you're like oh uh that's not gonna happen so we just get and to be fair there's more filler because we just get a montage of the kids looking upset literally for like a minute Mm -hmm. it's like a minute of this so i i think our total is now over about three minutes of montage in this episode oh it's more than that man i i would wager it's more like four or it'd be my guess. I could, I could go back and measure, but then I have to watch the episode again. I'm not going to do that. So uh, now there's a fire in an apartment building, uh, and Homer has been guilted to doing the right thing, which is always the way you really want uh, your, your protagonist to solve their problems, is just have someone yell and nag him until he does the right thing. Not like out of some sort of inner realization that he needs to be a better person no okay so there's a fire in an apartment building uh the file volunteer fire firemen have to go there and try and save the day um mo tries to steal something homer tries to talk him out of it and then a bunch of stuff happens
1: oh i can save you but you have to let go of the clock. but it's been in my family for over 40 seconds (laughs) wait 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 what about naboo Apu is dead. I was reincarnated as this cat.
0: Why, <gasps> oh, you have just been a would
1: My baby! My baby! Could do worse than grow up to be like you, sir. Let's hear it for Homer! <laughs> Daddy saved a Pooh and Mo, And believe me, we learned our lesson. What'd you do with all the loot? We sent it to Skid Row, where it would do the most good. Look at me. I'm the bum of the future. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. That's the end of the episode, guys. Uh, I do want to point out that the first credit you see is executive producer Al Jean. Thanks, Al. Rich, appreciate your contribution to society with this one. Um... I'll make this clear uh the firemen always see at them in this apartment building is the literally like the lowest of f- things they like they don't save anyone like hey this hey, this is free, free this is easy again, it's just popped in my head because uh, uh, this doesn't require a lot of hard thought. You have a scene here where you have you have to give a character choice you make them choose and let that reflect how they've grown in an episode. And I don't care. Like we care. I don't care about Mo like Moses scumbag that is established. Have Homer make a choice where he sees loot and he sees something to save a child, a person, a pet. It could be anything. And Homer goes, I got to Homer looks between the two goes for the thing that for the person, for the pet, for the child runs out with him, The thing that he could have stolen is, is destroyed or maybe Mo gets it. Who cares? And it shows that And like, sure, this episode would still be bad, but at least it shows like, Hey, Homer has learned Homer has reflected, become a better man. No, nah, he just doesn't. He just makes sure that Mo doesn't steal a clock and doesn't literally nothing. They, we see no fire fighting, they We watch an apartment building burn down. And then the crowd cheers for them. Why? <laughs> Why is the crowd cheers? Who knows, Robbie? Who knows? Okay. That's the end of this episode. Uh, this episode's bad, Matt. It's very, very bad. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie,
1: is this episode, I don't know, possibly broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick
0: fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh ah. Uh, yes of course like there's nothing here like i don't like what do i like matt like i am just getting tired of it honestly i'm gonna be very frank i'm getting tired of this like oh i'm supposed to like I, i'm literally every single episode of this podcast now at this point not every episode is broken but phew, what season 18 i would I, I i don't have perfect memory but i would really be willing at least 90 percent of these episodes are broken and it's like i am doing the work that they just didn't do like, this is the late, it's just, this is lazy. This is, like, good enough. Well, it feels like they know that they can count on their
1: actual fans to uh, mentally fill in the blanks that they didn't want to fill in
0: themselves. Here, this is the plot to this episode. Here is, you want to fix this episode? It's real, it's real easy. It's real simple. If you want to follow the, follow the, 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 the very rough pattern that this episode lays down is, one. You don't need 14 inciting incidents. You have one, uh, and, it's, and it's probably, I would, the inciting incident should be the setup to how these four different dudes got a valuable thing in a specific location that then burns down. That is what the inciting incident should be. It should be setting up the plot. That is what an inciting incident should do. So that's all it like. And you want to pick these four. You can pick any four characters. Homer is one of them, but any three other adult males in Springfield could do it. It doesn't need to be these three others. I would not put Mo in there, but who cares? It could be any of them. Uh, They all lose something. They all become volunteer firemen. Um, They realize that, oh, wait, they, they start out doing it for the right reasons where they, you know, they're told, they should be told point blank: This is not a paid position. This is a volunteer position. You don't get any money with this. And they go, "I don't care. I don't want to. And I don't want anyone to lose something like I lost something." And that you have to, you have to set up this stuff. You have to spend time. You see them spending time as the good, as good, as good firemen doing it for the right reason, saving people's lives, and then they don't get anything in return. They don't get anything in return. All they get is. Oh yeah, you're a hero. Clap, 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 clap. But no money. No payment. Yes, they get adulation. And then maybe maybe even they, they start to have money problems because they're not getting paid. Yes. You could say, Well, oh, well, I this is taking me off my work. This is I've had to take time off of work to do this volunteer fighting firefighting. And oh, you have a a little a cut to Marge going frowning as she opens a bill and saying, Homer, we're We haven't. Are you going to go back and work the, you know, your nuclear plant job? He's like, well, no, we need firemen. We don't have any firemen. The city can't, blah, blah, blah. And then you give them the opportunity, like, oh, well, no one, you give them a situation where, well, no one gets hurt if they take this stuff. Oh, there's a big pile of money in this burning building. Well, if they don't take it, it'll just burn up. Slippery slope. Then eventually they get worse and worse and worse. They start stealing just straight up stealing and you see the descent, you see the slide down in the morals. And then you have the moment where they realize that maybe it's maybe in, Hey, have Lisa go, well, how do we get this money? If it's a volunteer position and Homer goes, well, I mean, I, it was going to get lost anyway. Like him trying to defend it and him, like you see the realization in Homer's eyes, Lisa goes, Oh dad, she's disappointed. She's upset. You don't have Marge just yelling the the theme of the episode out loud. You don't have Mar you don't have a supercut of just sad, disappointed faces. You have a quiet moment focusing on Homer going, Oh man, she's bright. I this is a I I shouldn't do that. That I went too far. Like and then you have the penultimate scene. You have the ultimate scene. You have the them going through another fire and you have the clear choice. Do we take something or do we save people? Or do we just save the bill like again, there's a lot of leeway here. It's like this is not complicated. But you can add in wacky hijinks. You can add in like you give these guys a clubhouse at a fire station and let them ha- have like fun like nights, you know, guys nights where they do dumb stuff together. That's where you add the humor. I don't like I don't get this is so much more complicated and dumb. Like who cares about Maggie's path? Why is that in this episode? Why on earth? Once you figure out the meat of the episode, you go, Oh, this is the important stuff. Let's get this as quickly as possible. Let's, why do we need 10 minutes of inciting incidents? Who boy? Fantastic question, Robbie. I don't know the answer. That's how you fix it. Answer. That's how you fix the episode. It's not complicated. Uh, free ideas, guys free. This is free ideas. You don't have to join our Patreon, Simpsons writers to get these ideas but we would love if you did. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments on the news group is where I ask our patrons on patreon.com slash the Show to leave their reviews, their thoughts about an episode. And I'll read on there. First from Tim. Hoo boy. Let's just say when I thought about where this would rank, I compared it with the prior episode, Boys of Bummer. In that, the viewer can at least feel a bit sorry for Bart Can you f- and can, can't feel sorry for anybody in Crook and Ladder, and everyone is both mean and a complete moron. Going down a bit further, Little Big Girl is the third worst of all time, you say? Let's compare the 1871 Chicago Fire parody featuring Cletus's cow kicking over Atlanta versus fireman Slippy and chilly. This season certainly has this obsession with weirdly caused fires, don't you think? A Chicago Fire parody is at least cartoonishly funny. This puts Crook and Ladders in slot number 373. Sheesh. Ooh, Tim, you're harsh. Although, I don't know. At this point, I just feel nothing, so it's hard for me to warrant. What's good? What's bad? Uh, Next from Hoffa. We'll never know. We'll never know. Next from Hoffa, I liked it. Pretty funny stuff here. It's certainly one of the top entries for season 18. Call me crazy, but I'll take a C- after last week's F. Hoffa, I'm not going to call you crazy. I will say that you are alone on this one. I am not joining you anywhere near... I would not, I would, I think you're being very generous, calling this a C minus. From Derek, jerk-ass Homer acts like a jerk gets off scot-free. Ah, that winning formula that makes up the best episodes. No, this episode can go atop the pyre like the rest of season 18 refuse. These episodes are so devoid of laughter or really anything interesting that you forget almost everything about them almost immediately. But also it's to the brim with irritating bits that some things do stick with you. From memory, the kids' sad faces toward the end particularly annoy me, but really the whole thing is an exercise in frustration, and I hate it. Uh, From Lauren, I absolutely hated this episode. I'm assuming it came out around the beginning of the opioid epidemic, so the joke about 80% of people being on pills was offensive and a poor taste. Why drug use or addiction is supposed to be funny is beyond me. Am I so out of touch? No, it's the writers who are wrong. Uh, that being said, I'm confused because this show is supposed to be a comedy, so are volunteer at Firemen Who Steal Funny. Am I broken because it offended me instead? To me, nothing about this concept is okay, and it's disrespectful to this profession. How would this idea even make it outside of the writer's room? Why do the writers think it was funny? Are they okay? This episode was bad, and it's time for my revenge. Since it offended me on multiple levels, I'm going to go with a shock value of an 8. If the episode was funny, I wouldn't have been as severe, but it was not. I can't argue with you. I'm going to presume that they don't care how funny it is. They presume only that there are things that resemble jokes and the episode is 20 minutes long. That's all I got. It's all I can that's all I can think of. Uh from JJ, I'm going to take a stab at fixing this episode. I can buy Mo stealing from burning from burn, burning buildings, but Homer and Poo Make Moe the only thief and put Homer in Skinner's position. Moe guilt trips Homer into turning a blind eye by talking about how much his life sucks and so the world owes him. And Homer has a moral dilemma over whether he should rat Moe out or be loyal to his friend entire first act is dumb pointless and too long getting homer to being a fireman doesn't have to be this convoluted maybe you spend the first act focusing on mo establishing how terrible his life is so we better understand his bitterness and motivation for stealing make this a mo and homer episode we have a nice bedroom scene towards the end where homer confides marge about his internal conflict and guilt over what mo is doing Marge convinces him to tell the truth anywhere mo, homer confronts mo then has to rescue him wouldn't even need to be changed see i here first Mm -hmm. see there we go. a little bit of i'll give you a little bit of pause jj thank you for for stepping in here entirely different from what i proposed but still entirely acceptable there's a thousand different ways you can come at this and make a decent episode but they didn't do any of those things uh from benjamin the assignment was taking the longest road to get the get to the plot they would win awards for this effort unfortunately the assignment is to make a good episode of the simpsons and they have failed ouch yeah too many detours to things that do not matter and very few laughs it was pretty average that is the average of season 18 so bad i I, that made me laugh benjamin finally Mm -hmm. from sean this may be the most cynical episode of the simpsons since codependence day one minute in and marge is talking about how growing up means giving up everything you've ever liked that might not be the exact quote, but I had no desire to see enough, even another snippet of this sludge. When middle-aged men are airing their grievances through beloved characters, it's time for a separation. The entire episode was one hate-filled thing after another. Marge takes Maggie's pacifier away because she read a Larry Flint publication? Marge and Milhouse exploit nearly kill Homer. Mo ostensibly rapes Homer. Homer rips Miller's hair out of his head. The quip about America's addiction to prescription drugs is that they didn't do an entire episode dedicated to just that premise only five seasons ago. Homer killing an entire fire department and then being asked to join the fire department as a volunteer? Stealing as recompense for volunteerism? There's nothing clever about this. The same gag, the repetition of words or phrases, was done five different times in the course of 22 minutes. Larry Flint, Mood Swings, Homer's alertness for the fire alarm, Wolf Castle's movies, Skinner scolding Homer over a terrible fire alarm, is used to diminishing returns. It's almost as if the entire episode were written in a Joycean stream of consciousness. Oh no, he's, he's done it, man. He's invoked James Joyce. <laughs> oh no, no. As a writer myself who has trouble getting publishers to take a chance on works I've done, as Robbie can relate to, I'm not joking. The fact that this drizzling pile of crap made it off the cutting room floor should be enough to convince even the most hardened religious cell that there is no
1: God. (laughs) Wow. I mean, this is bad, but I mean, this this is beautiful.
0: I, I can tell this is a writer. And then Homer just and then Homer becomes a thief without any remorse. Remember back in season 12 when Homer dressed up as a panda to pervert, pervert himself in front of Mr. Burns? A fairly average bad episode, this, but at least there were consequences. Homer lost the respect of his family over the course of the episode. And aside from panda rape, I'm sensing a theme, there, were, there was real pathos to his decisions. This is masochistic, sadistic, and perhaps most importantly, wholly unfunny. This is one of the worst episodes I've ever seen. I'm in bed with side effects from the COVID booster. Get vaxxed, everyone. And this made me feel worse. Thanks, Al Jean. Oh, thank you, Sean. We, we very much appreciated that. That is that
1: is especially eloquent after this episode.
0: P.S. projected ranking number three seventy three, but only my hair. We'll see where it goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm
1: it's OK, Robbie. Now we're officially done with the episode. No, uh, uh, no we don't have to talk about this episode no, anymore. We got to talk about other
0: terrible things. No, oh, okay, we got to rank it. We got to you know. rank it, man. That's later on. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. yellow is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow our question of the week this week is what is your favorite sports moment Matt I want I want I want joy (laughs) I want joy and enthusiasm okay all right I will try not to fall asleep while reading these I I I know know you love I know you love sports so please take it away
1: I will try not to hate on the teams that I absolutely hate for no particular reason (laughs) all right first up from Andy Mine's a collection of memories. I have a friend I've known since 7th grade. We are both now 41. For the past 13 years, we do biennial baseball trips. The highlight was the year we hit up Wrigley and Fenway. Since we are both busy with work and family, this is a great time for us to spend time together. See, now that's a good sports memory. Aww. Uh, from Casey, the time Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime when the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. <laughs> that's wonderful. All right. Uh, from Lauren, uh, this one was easy for me, but my answer is long, so Matt, I gave you permission to paraphrase. I will never, Lauren. Uh, I was. The, it was the uh, 2008 Summer Olympics, and the four-man swimming relay in particular. My brother and I were watching it, and my parents were asleep. Since my parents' house seems to contain paper walls, he had to stay quiet. This was a big race for two reasons. One. Phelps And two, the French were saying they were going to smash the U.S. The U.S. led with the first two swimmers, but fell behind to the French during the third leg. With swimmer number four, Jason Lisak, who was half a body behind the French, it appeared as though we were going to come in second. Lisack started gaining at the last second, pulled ahead, and won the race. My brother and I literally were quietly jumping up and down and noiselessly screaming while hugging. Why we were so excited, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe it was due to good old-fashioned nationalism, or the contagious excitement from the announcers, or the fact that we were generally competitive. It was, and remains, the best Olympic moment i personally have ever seen this race continues to be a moment that stays with me to this day mostly because i shared it with my brother well that's very sweet lauren Uh, From Hava, game six of the 2011 World Series. Bottom of the ninth, and the Cardinals are down by one to the Rangers. With two outs and down to his last strike, David Fries hits a three-bagger to send the game into extra innings. Then, in the bottom of the 11th, Fries comes up again and hits a walk-off solo shot to win the game and force a game seven, which the Cardinals win. The Cardinals won the World Series after barely making the playoffs as a wild card, and then they run the table. Amazing. Uh, from Tim. It was October 29th, 2014, game seven of the World Series. A lot of baseball in here. Uh, <laughs> the Giants took a 3 2 lead to the bottom of the ninth at Kansas City. With two out, Alex Gordon hit a liner that bounced between outfielders Gregor Blanco and Juan Perez like a pinball, resulting in a triple. With the championships of baseball world on the line, Madison Bumgarner. You guys are making this out of these names, I swear to God. Ma- okay, wait. Madison Bumgarner.
0: How dare you dis- besmirch the fine name of Madison Bumgarner?
1: Oh my God! Yeah, how dare I? Hey, right. he was Madison a good. Bum-Garter. He was a good pitcher.
0: Bumgarner was a good I'm pitcher. Sure. He was.
1: Uh uh-huh. huh. He, he, he this person got Salvador Perez to hit a pop up to third baseman Pablo Sandoval in foul territory. Sandoval grabbed it easily, then unnecessarily fell backwards onto his ass. Three championships in five years—not half bad all right uh from benjamin the kansas city chiefs winning the super bowl i never thought it would happen living in the kansas city area uh during it was so fun fireworks all around after they won my work gave everyone the day off for the parade as well wow that is very generous uh, from Matt, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, and I'm sure Robbie knows <laughs> what we've been through. We've been losing so much of most of my 31 years on this planet, and you imagine I'd pick the 2016 Cavs championship. For me, a memory that will live in my mind forever is the Browns beating the Steelers in the playoffs in 2020. I won't get into the details, but the score doesn't even describe the amount of pride I had in my city that night. Super Bowl, Super Browns. Uh, from Brandon, uh, Team USA beating the Soviets in the Olympics in 1980. It wasn't like anyone thought we had an outside chance. Well, obviously communism fails in sports. I think we've proven that over and
0: over. I, that's again. not that's not absolute that's absolutely not uh, true. Miracle of Ice was, is a great is a is a tremendous tremendous sports uh moment just because like I don't think it's as a new new newer fan to hockey, that is not it's not like da- calling a David and Goliath does not give it justice. Like the Soviets were a super team. This is before they caught, cro- you know, any Russian players were played in the NHL. All these players were, are some of the all time best hockey players of all time. that never really got tested against the U S players or Canadian players because they just couldn't cross over. But the Soviet team should have wiped the floor with the U S but they didn't, they won. The U S won. And it was great. Woo. Woo.
1: All right. Uh, from Albert, uh, the Winter Olympics, 1998 in Nagano, Japan. For the first time in history, NHL took a break so that the players could represent their own countries in the ice hockey tournament, meaning the strongest national hockey team's possible met at this tournament. The Czech Republic, one of the biggest outsiders, won the gold medal, beating USA in the quarterfinals, Team Canada in the semifinals, and Russia in the final. This has become one of the few positive events in modern Czech history, and any Czech over 30 can tell you exactly where they were and what they were doing when this was happening. Uh, from Derek, uh, my favorite sports moment, favorite spelled wrong. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> In television shows is definitely the one with the football from Friends. I'm an absolute nutjob who exercises like crazy every day, but for some reason I've never been into team sports. So sports-based episodes of TV shows tend not to do anything for me. Even Homer at the Bat flies kind of over my head. Uh, but that Friends episode is so accessible, even if you don't know anything about American football, it's just a ridiculous, stupid good time, just slightly better than The Boys of Homer. Slightly. Oh, dear God. Whew. Okay.
0: I threw yeah, it. I really
1: stretching I, I, my sarcasm vein
0: there. Well, I threw in. I threw some of these non uh, non technically sports related things just to help you, Matt.
1: I appreciate that, Robbie. I really you're, do.
0: You're welcome. Uh,
1: from at yes, I would. Kent, open wide for some sucker. Seeing my team Charlton beat Sunderland at Wembley with the last kick of the game to be promoted was such a special day. Limbs went everywhere. Couldn't script it
0: better. Limbs went everywhere. That sounds dangerous. I'm be- uh, see, from I-, at- I think I believe he's making Simpsons references, but I mean, that's my guess. Oh, point. okay.
1: Uh, from Matt Energy Turtle, watching the Cubs win the World Series in 2016 in the back of our restaurant with my husband, a lifelong Cubs fan, and a bunch of our regular customers is something I'll never forget. It was so fun. Uh, from Matt El Columbia 88, I have two. When I saw David Cohn pitch the perfect game, and both times the New York Giants beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and made him cry. I mean, doesn't everyone feel better when they beat Tom Brady? I...
0: I don't. Know. I mean, he's still won a bunch of Super Bowls. Get I don't like. I don't. Think that he... that makes beating him even sweeter. I'm pretty sure, Robbie. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's like that. It's like uh, that meme from Mad Men. You know where? Uh, uh. What's this? Why can't? Why? I think my brain has stopped working. Matt. Why can't I think of anything ever? What's the name of the main character in Mad Men? Why can't I think of this? Uh oh! Now you had to ask me, didn't you? Uh, Don Draper. Don Draper. It's when Don Draper is like cornered in the elevator uh, and the like by some lesser guy. And there's the meme is, is very popular. It's like I never and Don Draper is like, I never think of you at all. And I feel like that's just Tom Brady. Like they're like, I don't I try and donate as little as my time, to my thought process to Tom Brady uh, in general, because I doubt he thinks about anything but himself a, a thousand percent of the time.
1: That checks out. Please continue. man. righty. Continuing on, uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. I have been a Miami Dolphins fan since 1979. Oh, Aaron, I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, there have been few favorite moments with them. <laughs> However, as a Braves fan since 2011, this season was fantastic and completely unexpected. Since 2011, you got to establish those bona fides. Uh, oh. Not some great, not some, not very good years. All right, uh, from Matt, here's my story pod. Uh, the greatest baseball game ever played was on a Wednesday in Cleveland. As a hundred-plus-year curse tugs at the slipping foot of Chris Bryant as he throws to Anthony Rizzo to secure the World Series, Cubs win. Cubs win. I'm sorry, I'm not going to shout.
0: No, you got to say it like, like I could. I couldn't do it justice. You anyway. got to say it like Harry Carey, man. Come on, you got Will Ferrell. Even Will Ferrell is Harry Carey. <laughs> Cubs win. Cubs win. Ah, uh, you tried. I tried. You tried.
1: Uh, I, I am not the gifted mimic that Will Ferrell is. That's true. No one is. All right, Uh, from at Hippie200, when my football, soccer for you Americans team, Arsenal, won the Premier League title at our bitter rivals Tottenham Hotspur, (sighs) what the hell, British people, Uh, stadium in 2004, I was only 13 at the time, but I will never, ever forget that moment. Oh, dear. Okay, okay. Uh, From at D12, Connor, Sebastian Vettel, I guess, winning his first championship in 2010. That radio message was fantastic. Okay, Matt. here, wait, wait, pause. Uh Uh-huh. What sport is this referring to? (laughs) <laughs> okay so i'm assuming it's an individual sport uh because it's it's a, it's a person i'm assuming sebastian vettel's a person
0: yeah champion i'm gonna go with tennis <laughs> radio message <laughs> he starts he messaged a radio message where could that possibly be referring to i
1: assume he went on the radio afterwards and said something scathing
0: <sighs> Nah, no matt that's Sebastian Vettel is a F1. He's a Formula 1 driver. That's it. Oh, his radio is cuz he's on his car radio t- talking to his crew. and His crew chief. Oh, I thought on the actual radio, uh, I interviewed him afterwards no, on no, the radio. No, that's you know, you, I suggest to anyone out there who has not gone back and just go back and search you, you you know Google Sebastian Vettel championship radio message. It is very nice. It's very sweet. The man is overwhelmed by his victory well good for him i want to hear matt this is a this one i save for last because it is so dramatic and uh, mitch clearly spent a lot, he, this is like 12 tweets mitch did this with okay so i want you to wow. give Thank this you, one, mitch. we give,
1: appreciate your dedication
0: give this one some some justice all
1: right all right our final one uh from at mitch doyle 13 Stephen Bradbury is the first person from the entire Southern Hemisphere to win a Winter Olympic gold medal. It was 2002, Salt Lake City, Utah, and no one gave the Aussie a chance in the 1,000-meter speed skating final up against multiple gold winners from China, Korea, Canada, and the USA. Bradbury was 30 years old and knew it would be his last uh, ever Winter Olympics. His body was past its peak. Only his unwavering passion was keeping him on the ice. Only an obstruction disqualification made Bradbury's third place in the quarterfinal good enough to progress to the semis. In a tough semifinal field, Bradbury was off the pace, but then another lucky break. In the second-to-last turn, the Korean and fourth crashed out. In the last turn, the first- and second-place racers also lost their footing. Bradbury finished second and qualified for the final. The field of the 1,000-meter final was oozing talent, experience with 15 gold medals between them, and then there was Bradbury. Just making the final was already the greatest individual winner Olympic achievement by an Aussie. Bradbury had resigned to just wanting to finish the race. Trailing for the entire race while the real condensers jostled for position, Stephen Bradbury glanced up with two turns to go and couldn't believe what unfolded before his eyes. Lightning had just struck for the second time. Uh, Li Jiayun, uh from China lost his footing and clipped Ein Heun's Ayn Hyun Soo from Korea on the way down. Su wobbled and lost control, crashing into, oh god, uh, <laughs> Matthew Turcote and Apollo Ono, sending all three careening into the padded barrier. All Bradbury could see was clear ice and the finish line. Stephen Bradbury raised both hands in the air and glided across the line, his opponents clambering for the minor placings on hands and knee. After a protest to the judges and a few nervous minutes, the result was upheld. The world had a new champion, Stephen John Bradbury. Similar to the events of Homer defined in Australia, when somebody comes from behind or achieves a very unlikely or lucky victory, it will often be called pulling a Bradbury. Well, thank you
0: so much, Mitch. That was stirring. I I, I hope we all
1: have good uh, goosebumps.
0: I mean, I I did not know. I did not know this. I did not. I was
1: not. You have never heard this
0: story? It's a great story. I've not heard this. It is really good. Um, I do appreciate the the, Mitch sharing it. Mm Hmm.
1: Robbie. What is your favorite sports moment?
0: Okay, Matt. All right, gonna...
1: this, all right, this is the thing. Robbie's about to respond, and I have to assume there's at least a 60% chance this involves wrestling, but there's also a 40% it involves
0: ice hockey. See, Matt, see, Matt, <laughs> just when you think you know the answers, I changed the question. Oh, no! Uh, so I'm going to cheat and say all of the above. Uh, oh, you bastard. <laughs> well, my... If for a long time, it would have been because I, once upon a time, loved football, played football in high school, loved, loved, loved football more than anything. And I was a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, when they were mostly just known as a very strong defensive team with Tony Dungy, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, um, John Ostott. You say John Allstott? Is that what's his first name? Did I get it wrong? That was Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott. You're right, Matt. See, how do you know these things that I don't, Matt? What's this? Are you secret fo- a secret football? Are you, a you secret are you a secret football fan? Is this what's... No,
1: but it's very hard not to know those names of living around here.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I think guys, I think Matt's a secret football fan. So I used to care <laughs> uh a lot about football and I was a huge bucks fan and then they won the Super Bowl in two thousand two. Um, but recent Facts about John Gruden coming out lately makes me even less uh, excited about that. Um, I don't care about football at all anymore, really. uh, And I only vaguely follow it. And the Bucs have won Super Bowl since with aforementioned Tom Brady. And I'm sure Bucs fans care a lot about that. I don't. But that would have been the answer. That would have been. Oh, see. What did I say, guys? What did I say? Listen, this man is a secret (laughs) football fan.
1: Matt no, was at a Super Matt's Bowl. Just forced by his job to be
0: around. Uh huh. Matt's at a Super Bowl. Knows Mike Allstott. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Matt's good. Matt's like, oh yeah, Tom Brady. The series like, yes, Tom Brady. Take the Bucks to oh, championship. I I care so little about any individual <laughs> sports player. That would have been the answer. It is not anymore. I think ultimately it is my my uh my hawk team the Edmonton Oilers in the 2017 playoffs they had a surprise run um uh, they moved on to the, they got to the second round and would have gotten to the third round except the lousy ducks are terrible awful cheaters and I hate them with my entire soul um the Oilers uh have done mostly nothing <laughs> since that run uh until Aww. this year they've played been playing better but lately uh they I've gotten very unlucky and I've lost uh, the, all their defense to injury. So it'd be really helpful if someone, uh, any hockey fans out there, could you send the Oilers some defensemen? That'd be really great. Um, maybe a goalie too. That'd be awesome. So the, here, I'm going to split the difference, Matt say Oilers 2017 playoff playoff run. And I'm going to use a pro, a pro wrestling moment because I'm going to qualify that as sports. Uh, it mm-hmm. is the greatest sport actually. Well actually sports entertainment. No, nah, it's a WWE. Don't get me started with that. Ah. <laughs> this podcast will be three hours long if you get me started talking about sports entertainment. So uh my the other my other answer is Kenny Omega winning the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship from Okada at Dominion in twenty eighteen, I wanna say. Uh, make it the year that, that year might be wrong, but anyone who follows New Japan Pro Wrestling will know what I'm talking about. Uh, it is a hour over an hour long two out of three falls match, ending Okada's incredible run as champion, crowning Kenny Omega as the world's champion, as with the most prestigious belt in pro wrestling until they uh, ruined it recently. But I was, I got, I woke up at five in the morning to watch that match. Wow. Uh, because it was in Japan at at nighttime. Uh, and I literally, I cried after I watched it. I, I It pulled that much emotion from me. Um, it's just an incredible match. Still the best match I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the fact that New Japan treats pro wrestling very similar to sport. They shoot it like a sport. They talk about it like it's sport. They don't do the WWE stuff. Um, now Kenny's in AEW. I love AEW. But there's still no moment that rivals that to me. Mostly just because I, I don't know. Probably because I was up at five in the morning and delirious. Uh, Matt, what is your answer? I'm really excited about this.
1: I mean, I if I can't use fictional sports moments, I I, I don't really have one. I I, I just don't care. Um,
0: you don't care about any
1: of them, Matt. No, that I just if I'm not involved in a sport, I don't know why I would care. Uh, empathy, Matt. I don't do I need to explain empathy to you. No, and I get that. I just I don't know why I would empathize with other people in <laughs> that way. I mean like I empathize with other people and what's happening to them when I know them, uh, but I don't
0: you know, also don't know when, anybody who plays sports. You know someone who plays sports, Matt. His name who is who Robbie Dorman, sports. you do a podcast with him every week. <laughs> yeah, but what sport do you play? I mean I did play. Like there's a time you that did. I won I won a, I, we won a football game in high school. That was real good. Uh, you won a game. <laughs> I, man, I, this is on the record. My high school team was terrible. We went out, When we won a game, it felt like a miracle. That is not a joke. Okay, fair enough. This, I don't know if this record still stands, but Lakeware High School, where I went to high school, for a long time, our quarterback had the state record for interceptions in a season wow that is 26 not a record you want 26 interceptions in 10 that's games. a lot of interceptions in 10 Holy games crap. 26 interceptions okay man so okay give me a fictional sports moment then if you can't give me a real one uh a fictional one
1: uh, that'll be bob's Bar- bob barker punching out adam sandler's character in um um the uh, happy gilmore price is wrong Matt. golf boxing it just goes together so well fair enough that's all i got I, all was, right. I was
0: expecting i don't know maybe just maybe you go Maybe you you know think back to you know that time you watched a sport once and you go that was great that was fun that was a crazy thing that guy did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at that acrobatics! Look at that ability! <laughs> that that athleticism! That's that's uh-huh. incredible! That a human being could achieve such a thing! Yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah, that's the, that's what I mean when I'm asking you what's your favorite sports moment. You got to think of those things. You're like, oh, wow. Something.
1: I don't remember those things like in the moment. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And then I
0: completely flush it from my mind. Well, there's like the, the, I there is a place called the Internet. I don't know if you know about it. I'm pretty sure there are a lot uh, where you can like revisit those. The, all the all of them are on the YouTube you can just like watch them whenever that's true
1: but i there are so many other things to watch i would never voluntarily well i
0: did ask you to do it for this podcast that you have done for now it it's it's been years but it feels like eternity it feels like centuries (laughs) we've done this (laughs) i mean it's been at least 20 years since we started the teen seasons i it's only getting longer it's like we're in a time warp next week's question what is your favorite? This is from Matt. Okay. Matt's taking all the credit.
1: <laughs> You're going to lampshade me.
0: <laughs> this, this week's question from Matt, Matt, I gave Matt the Matt, Mr., Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, I don't want to participate in creativity. Matt gave me this quick question. I said, sure. That sounds all right. This week's question is what is your favorite Simpsons crime? Any crime that's been on the show for whatever reason, why yeah, you, you like bootlegging, it? Bootlegging, stealing cable. Uh, Today's fevery while a firefighter. That's Please don't pick this episode. I don't know who <laughs> wow. would do that, but uh, I will post this question on our social media. Uh, it's on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us to Simpson at And you can answer this question on our Patreon, which is slash The Simpson Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new no Google Trivia Challenge.
1: I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean,
0: S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One medium, one hard. One, me- one easy, one medium, one hard. Woo boy, I'm having trouble. One medium, one hard, <laughs> one really hard. <laughs> I mean, that's effectively what your questions have become, Matt, because you're a genius. Uh, Crook and Ladder is this week's episode. Are you ready for an easy question, Matthew? I am ready. These are from the aforementioned Homer Versely" Lisa, the Eighth Commandment. Oh, okay. Your easy question. What event did Homer invite everyone over to watch? I believe it is the fight. Dredrick versus Tatum Two. Not Dredrick versus Tatum. Dredrick Tatum is that the Tatum is the man's name. It's Tatum versus Blah. It doesn't matter. I don't think the actual Right, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. You can just say boxing match, man. That's all you gotta say. You don't have to Sorry, like the do... boxing match. <laughs> Thank Why you. It? I was this easy question. I'm not gonna like break you over the coals. Give me an easy question. Alright, your easy question. Which baseball star distracts the residents of
1: Springfield from the spying that MLB is doing on them in Brothers Little Helper? That'd be
0: Mark McGuire. You are correct, sir. Who will never get into the Hall of Fame, it seems. He did steroids, Matt. You can't do steroids and go into... You can't cheat and go into the Hall of Fame. Baseball is pure. Your medium question, Matt. What is the name for the Network for Women?
1: Oh, the Network for
0: Women. Um... Oh, I, I should know this.
1: Uh, yes, she can. I, I don't know. I should know this, but I don't. It is three words. It is hear me roar. Ah, that's a hear me roar. The network for women. All right. Your medium question. What are the two most important firefighting tools, according
0: to Principal Skinner? Uh, um, is this a trick question? He doesn't say actual tools. He says, like, characteristics of a person. I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. I'll say wit and bravery. I'm sorry. It is prevention and the sand bucket. So <laughs> the one characteristic. Both. That's both. Forget it. That's, pre- that's not a bad guy. <laughs> that's not a bad guy. All right, right? your your hard question, Matt. How much? I might have asked you this question before. I don't care. How much does Poopsie the Clown cost? I want both the MSRP and the sale price. Oh, God.
1: I, I'm pretty sure you have not asked me this, actually. Okay. Oh, okay. Alright. Uh poopsie the clown costs. Um $129.99 is the retail per MSRP, and it is down to two payments of
0: nineteen ninety-nine. The uh the MSRP is eighty-nine ninety-five and it is sale price now twenty-nine ninety-five. Oh man, that was way off. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if you get this one, I will
1: I will I, I will quit right now. You can have the win. Uh, your hard question. What are the power-ups in the snowboarding game Bart is playing in Brothers Little Helper?
0: The power-ups in the snowboarding game. Mm-hmm. When Homer is trying to shoot him with the pills. Uh, They are... Are you asking for, like what they like the what the icons are what they visually what they are like on in the game i uh, no, they are said i don't believe you get to see them because it's uh, a very pixelated game okay i get it um then you he gets um i'll say it's a a whoa and a uh maximum uh what's the word snow butter snowboard maximum powder
1: I love your delivery on that just so you know. Uh but it's actually extra gloves and mushrooms. Of,
0: of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. All right. I'm as well, a uh, 6 point lead on me. Uh that's not good enough. I need to do better. I need to I need to break I need to close that gap. We're probably going to have a, a special guest come within the next few episodes oh, no. to help. You know, inevitably it does not help. So help isn't heavy. Sneer quotes. Uh, That's it for the trivia challenge today. We can move on to our last segment. The segment we end every single Mm -hmm. episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are.
1: Hmm, Crook and Ladder. All right, Robbie. I think... The real question is what's dumber? This or manatees? It's a tough question, I know. Think about it. Take your time.
0: I don't think it's that I don't think it's that far down, Matt. I mean it's it's bad. Oh, okay. I don't think it's that far down. because uh, this is this is not too far like I think this is worse than Boys of Bummer at number okay. three sixty two. We just watched it. I would rather watch Boys of Bummer again than watch this again because Boys of Bummer made me laugh a couple times. This does nothing for me. It is empty. It is meaningless. It doesn't, though, however, have really terrible, like, offensive stuff in it. There's no transphobia in it. There's no homophobia in it. There's no terrible misogyny or racism, uh, which I don't want that to be really a metric to how I judge Simpsons episodes, but here we are. I think it is literally right below our last episode. I, I think Bartman Banger is worse okay. Bart Mango Banner is worse than this. And I think boys of bummer is better by air. Where I would slide this in directly under our last episode. I that
1: that's a good spot. I was actually thinking I'm like ah, I feel like this is right around boys of bummer, but I feel like it's it's definitely worse than regarding Margie. But uh yeah, yeah.
0: I am right there with you. I don't want to I and please, I want to make this very clear. At no point am I calling any of these episodes good. <laughs> not even close. No. Just better than worse. They're yeah, they're slightly they there's an, an edge. They ha they edge out another episode. Does not mean they're good episodes. They're still awful. Um this is another episode that's below the frying game, below the scream filler which is another episode I can uh poke at Andrew about because he still the yeah. scream pillars. And I literally I texted he texted me today, he's like he says, "I hope that for every episode you rank below the Frying Game, you have to spend an extra day with the Screamer Pillar." Ooh! And I replied, "That's where I'm at, Andrew. I'm at the place where I'm starting to like the Screamer Pillar. That's where the Simpsons have put me, Matt. That's where we're at. That is that is that is rough, but uh, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. That's Andrew uh, of the uh, of the Andrewblog.net." Online, he does some great writing for lots of different places. You can follow him on Twitter at the Andrew Blog. Giving you a free plug, Andrew, for me referencing your well-written insult text to me about the screaming pillar. Uh, I think it's only it's only worth the trade. We're not done though, Matt. We have one more thing to do before we go. One more question to answer, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? It's a good
1: question because I think we should generally keep episodes in the canon unless there is a really good reason to get rid of them. And I'm just not sure there's a good enough reason to get rid of it. It's stupid and it's terrible, but
0: Matt, I don't know. Matt, Matt, I really do appreciate mm. this 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 facade, You've, this ruse you're perpetrating here. Uh, <laughs> this is really great. I'm, I mean, it does. Yes, obviously, you know, we're putting on a show. We want to have some sort of, you know, context and talk, discussion, but no. What? Are, what are we doing? No, we don't. No. Are you kidding me? All no. Right. no. All right. Are you serious? I, just, I cannot. No. I. Well, goodbye. I'll pull the. I will load and fire this cannon on my own. Fire the cannon. Homer being a. Unterrible unrepentant thief is enough to keep it out of the canon of me. Not to mention the ten minute long inciting incidents. Ugh. They make me feel is ill. It makes me feel ill, Matt. <laughs> okay. Ill. Up to the top of the list is as we work our way down to answer the same question. We are at number seventy-eight, the last temptation of crust. Oh. Crusty I mean- as a stand-up comedian with Bobcat Goldthwaite. And uh Jay Leno. I didn't realize I mean, that. I didn't realize that you, uh, Jay Leno and a monkey were bathing a clown. <laughs> I mean, what else do you do on a Thursday night? Yes, of course. The last Temptation of Crust, it stays. It's, it's a, it's a, is it a great, I don't, I would hear it. This is where we're getting to the point where I think I would not call the last temptation of Crust a great episode.
1: I don't think I would either. Uh, it's a good episode, but it's, it's not really a great episode.
0: No, it's good. It has some great moments, not a great episode. And I think we're going to get in this area. Maybe not all that. We're not going to say all these episodes down here aren't great. Um, Some of them are great just simply because for nostalgia's sake, because they're so treasured when we were children. But we're starting to hit, you know, we're almost to a hundred. I think you're going to get to the area where it's like, it's not a great episode. It's good. It's really good even, but maybe not a great one. But that's okay. Still, I'd rather watch it a thousand times before I watch this episode ever again. Uh, you can find this listener. Oh, yeah. You can find this list at our website, uh Simpsonshow.com, which has links to everything we do on the internet, Twitter, our RSS feed, and the link to our Patreon. We would love for you to help us out there. Our next episode, Matt. Oh. Uh oh. This episode is Stop or My Dog Will Shoot. Oh no. This episode heavily features Rudy Giuliani. Oh. God, why? I, Huh? So, we're going to get... This is a Sales Helper episode that just happens to guest star Rudy Giuliani. I hate it. Can't wait for it next week. I mean, Homer,
1: Homer has mentioned Rudy Giuliani before, so, you know, obviously someone on the writing staff is a fan.
0: He has, and I don't know. We're going to have to listen to him next week, Matt. Can't wait for that. Love it. So, so good. Mm. My... I hate um anyway, for us today i am robbie robbie dorman that is my name i am on twitter as my name robbie at robbie dorman i am my website is my name it is robbie has links to all the things i do online to my to my uh other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, "What Dwells Beneath the Waves," is out now. It is Carl Hyson meets H.B. Lovecraft, trying to stop a eldritch cultist Florida man from destroying the world. Uh, you go check it out. Great for here with Kindle Unlimited. I've also started a writing focused YouTube channel. Uh, go check that out. You search YouTube for my name, you'll find it. Uh, it's all on my all on my social on my Twitter too. I have links to it there. Please go subscribe. It helps me out. I need to get 100 subscribers and then I can change the stupid. I don't have to have a random string of numbers and letters to me in my domain anymore. Um. Also, it's good writing advice. I'm pretty smart about this writing stuff. If you guys have listened to the show for any length of time, it's obviously I'm a writing genius. Clearly. Obviously. Obviously. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him.
1: Uh, that is true. Uh, I spend all of my time playing with kittens, which I am sadly without at the moment because it turns out cats don't like to reproduce in the uh, winter. Who knew? Uh, but you can check out past adorable kittens at kitten turns K T T I N T R N S on Instagram, where you can see the adorable kittens that have now all been adopted and hopefully someday more baby kittens that you will fall in love with and could possibly adopt yourselves if you're in the central Florida area. I'm Robbie and I'm Matt. And keep watching the subs. <laughs>